Have you ever asked yourself the question, what, what is Jesus really like? Uh, if you read through the Gospels, the writers of the Gospels often tell us what Jesus said and what Jesus did. But have you ever noticed that at times they tell us what Jesus felt? And they give us uh, windows into the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, which really help us to get a handle on what Jesus is really like. And this morning, Luke wants us to understand that our Savior is a Savior of the deepest compassion and sympathy. And that's what we're going to focus on today. But before we read our passage, let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. Our Heavenly Father, you are worthy of all of our praise and all of the affection that we can muster from our hearts to show to you. You're a God of infinite power and might, a God of unfathomable mercy and grace. And as we come to your word today, we ask that we would be aware that our Heavenly Father is speaking to us in his word. And we pray that the Lord Jesus Christ would be among us today and that the Holy Spirit would be here in power applying your word to our minds and our hearts. Help us to see Jesus Christ clearly. Help us to understand what he is really like. Help us to understand what he has done for us in the glorious good news of the gospel. And we pray that as we look at this passage, you would conform us more and more into his likeness. This we ask all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. Let's hear God's word together. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. And he drew near to the gate of the town. Behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Amen. Thanks be to God for his word. We all have uh, titles that describe who we are and what we do. Uh, Some of us are brothers or sisters, mothers or fathers, husbands or wives, grandparents. We have other titles that describe what we do for a living. Uh, Salespersons, engineers, artists, farmers, doctors, and the list goes on and on. But if you think about it, those titles don't actually describe what we are like. 
Uh, They describe something about us, our lot in life. But they don't don't really tell us what a person is, is really like from their heart. Well, who is Jesus? Jesus is Lord and Savior. I hope that's how we would respond. But what is Jesus really like as our Lord and Savior? This story that Luke gives us here in his gospel is here, among other reasons, to show us what Jesus is really like as our Lord and Savior. What we find here in this passage is we meet a Jesus who's not an emotionless statue or some figure in a stained glass window, but our Jesus is a Jesus full of emotion. That our Jesus was made like us in every way, yet without sin. That Jesus experienced in his humanity the full breadth of the human experience and expressed all of the human emotions without sin. And in this passage, we see a Jesus who who knows our lot. A, A Jesus who has been where we have been. A Jesus who is like us and is able to sympathize with us, but most importantly, a Jesus who experienced our emotions without sin. And in this passage, Luke wants to fix our attention this morning on the compassion of our Savior. Uh, Matthew and Mark and uh, Luke included, uh, the compassion of Jesus is actually the emotion that is ascribed to Jesus more often than any other emotion. Uh, But what's interesting is in Luke's gospel, Luke only uses it once. Luke only ascribes the emotion of compassion to Jesus this, this one time. And I don't think it's because for Luke the compassion of Jesus is, is unimportant. Actually, I think it's just the opposite. I think Luke is using this story to, to shine a spotlight on this occasion. And to say to us, look here at your Savior. See what he is really like. And when our Lord Jesus saw crowds of people who were lost, what did Jesus feel? When Jesus saw people broken by the fall with diseases and sickness and and demon oppression, what did Jesus feel in the depths of his soul? And on this occasion, when when Jesus sees a, a mother burying her only son, what did Jesus feel to the core of his being? Luke says he felt the deepest compassion. His heart was moved with the deepest pity. And that's what Luke wants us to understand in this story. Now, before we get into our text, I want to to remind you of one other thing because I think it's important. If you remember back to Luke chapter 3, Luke gave us his genealogy of Jesus. And one of the things that sets Luke's genealogy apart from uh, the genealogy of Matthew is Luke traces the lineage of Jesus all the way back to the beginning, all the way back to the first man, the first Adam. And uh, we said at that point that Luke is teaching us an important truth about Jesus, that Jesus has has come into the world to be the, the second or the last Adam. And that's an important truth we have to hold on to in Luke's gospel because essentially the rest of the book is explaining to us the significance of that. 
And here we see that Jesus has come into this world not only to do what the first Adam failed to do, but to actually undo what the first Adam brought into this world through sin and the curse. Now, uh, verses 11 and, and 12 set up the scene for us as Luke tells us this story. And immediately we are greeted with the utter tragedy of death and the, the utter tragedy of the separation that death brings. Look at verses 11 and 12 with me. Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him, and he drew near to the gate of the town. Behold, now when Luke says that behold, he really, he, he's telling you to look at something. We don't really speak this way today, but he's saying fix your eyes upon this. This is important. Look at this. A man who had died was being carried, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd was with her. You can imagine the, the scene that Luke is, is painting for us here. There is a procession of mourners bearing death coming out of the city gates of Nain. And they're led by this poor woman who stands at the front of the procession, a widow, burying her only son. Now this, this crowd has the marks of despair and hopelessness written all over it. And so there's this crowd bearing the marks of death coming out of the city, but then Luke paints this picture. There's a second crowd led by the Lord Jesus with his disciples following him. And so this crowd bearing death comes and meets this crowd led by the Lord of life. Uh, th this crowd lost in, in hopelessness meets the one led by the only one who can give people hope in such situations. And so Luke wants us to see that something very significant is taking place here. He, he's telling us something enormously significant, not only for the life of this dear woman, but for the life of all of those who belong to Jesus Christ. And so you see, Luke wants us to not only see what Jesus did, he also wants us to see what Jesus felt. When, when Jesus looked upon this crowd coming out of the city, uh, led by a mother in mourning, and he heard the, the mournful dirge of the flutes playing and the people singing psalms of, of lament. What did Jesus feel in the depths of his heart? He felt compassion. He felt pity. He felt sympathy for this dear woman. And so to understand the compassion of Jesus, there are a few things I want us to see in this story. And first of all, I want us to think about the nature of Jesus' compassion. We need to understand the, the language of Scripture when it's talking about compassion. We, we often will say that somebody has a, a compassionate heart. We'll talk about uh, someone feeling compassion in their hearts. That's fine. That's good. As long as we understand that the language of Scripture for compassion is even more intense than that. It goes even deeper than that, down into the depths of a person's being down into the soul, down into the roots of an individual. And so when Jesus sees this crowd 
of mourning. He, he doesn't just feel a fleeting moment of, of sympathy, but he is profoundly moved to the depths and the core of his, his being. Jesus feels this passionate feeling, something not just felt in the heart, but in the whole of his being. It is a gut response of loving sympathy for someone else's pain. And so when, when we read that Jesus saw this mother, Luke isn't, he's not just trying to tell us that Jesus felt really sorry for her. He didn't say in his heart, oh, oh my, this is a terrible tragedy. I'm, I'm so sorry for them. It's, it's so much more than that. For Jesus, when he sees this scene, he is profoundly moved to the depths of his soul. It is a gut-wrenching scene for our Lord Jesus. It didn't just touch his heart. It tore his heart out. Uh, Sinclair Ferguson says about this passage, it would be colloquial, but it would be true to say that when Jesus saw this scene, it tore his guts out. It didn't just touch his heart. It ripped his heart out. That's compassion. That's the compassion of our Savior. B.B. Warfield said he saw the misery of man and it set his heart throbbing with pity. So this is the compassion Jesus felt. His compassion goes deep down. It's an intense feeling that Jesus felt in his gut where he felt loving sympathy for someone else's pain. And out of that compassion, Jesus acted. Out of his compassion, our Lord sought to bring and provide the remedy for this distress. And so if this is the compassion of Jesus, the nature of his compassion, let's, let's think for a moment about the cause of Jesus' compassion. If you want to be really precise here, you could say the external cause of his compassion. Notice, notice here, what caused the compassion of our Lord Jesus in this story. Luke tells us in verse 13, when Jesus saw her, he had compassion. And I don't think that's an insignificant point that Luke is making because the sight of Jesus in the Gospels is often connected with the compassion that Jesus felt and then showed. And so in Matthew 9, verse 36, we read, when Jesus saw the crowds... He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus saw a crowd and Jesus had compassion on them as, as sheep without a shepherd. He, he saw. He, he saw with clarity. He saw reality. He saw the reality of the situation. He saw that these people were like sheep without a shepherd. And as a loving, compassionate shepherd, Christ sought to tend to their needs. And it's the same here in Luke chapter 7. Jesus' compassion was evoked when he saw the reality of this situation. And I think there's an important lesson there for us about, about real compassion. It begins by seeing the reality of a person's situation and the reality of their needs. And, and the insight of Jesus here, I think it's astounding. I think the, the insight of Jesus in this story, it, it's just remarkable when you stop and you, you read this story slowly. 
He, he sees that it is her son who has died. He sees that she is a widow. He, he sees that this deceased son is her only son. He sees that she is now in a desperately hopeless situation without a husband or a son to care or provide for her. He, he sees in just a moment the way things really are. Now maybe you ask the question, how did he, how did he take that all in and, and just, in just a moment like that? Well, Jesus, how did, how did you know that this was uh, the mother's son being carried? Because she's the one leading the procession according to custom. How, how do you know, Jesus, that she's without a husband, that she's a widow? Because there's no husband standing beside her as she takes her son to be buried. How, how do you know, Jesus, that this is her only son? Because there's no son standing beside her to take his father's place. This woman was, was utterly alone. And in just a moment, Jesus saw that. He saw that this was a widow who had probably gone down this very same road to bury her husband. He, he saw a woman that although she's followed by a crowd of, of sympathizers trying to support her, that she probably never felt more alone in the world. He, he saw the tragedy of a mother who was burying a piece of her own heart. No mother should have to bury her, her own son. He sees the sorrow. He sees the hopelessness, the, the despair that is crowding, that, that is hovering over these people. And seeing, Luke says, he had compassion. He had compassion. And I don't know about you, but when I, when I read about the compassion of Jesus, it, it, it reveals the poverty of my own heart. Who, who of us has compassion like this? Who of us has this kind of, of, of pity for people in, in their struggles. Jesus sees and, he, and he's heartbroken because he sees the real need and compassion goes deeper for Jesus than a fleeting moment of sympathy. And we should remember this, friends, because what, and what an encouragement this story is meant to be for us because it's the same Jesus that cares for you and I. And that's one of the things that Luke wants us to understand. That's why this story is here in part. Luke wants us to know that Jesus Christ sees and knows our sorrows and our pains and our afflictions. And, and he's not unconcerned. He, he's not cold or, or calloused to the sufferings of his people. The same Jesus who showed compassion to the widow of Nain is the same Jesus who set his face like a flint toward Jerusalem, to go there and lay down his life for his own. And friends, Jesus is not unmoved by his people's suffering. He knows how much it hurts. He knows our, our struggles. He hears our cries. His heart goes out to his people. And that, friends, is seen most clearly in the fact that he came into this world, ultimately, to go to the cross and lay down his life. Why? Because Jesus in his compassion saw our greatest need of all. And he was willing to do whatever it took to provide the remedy. And so our Savior acts out of his compassion to give real help and real hope. And that's what he does here in, in this story.
You see, Jesus doesn't just, just feel sorry for this woman. He, he determines to restore things to what they ought to be. He, he sees how things are, and he knows how things ought to be. And in his compassion, he determines to bring things to rights. And so as we think about the, the nature, the cause, let's think thirdly about the compassion that Jesus showed. Three things here briefly. I think first of all, we need to recognize that the compassion Jesus shows in this story is unsolicited. Uh, It's interesting when you go through, you can do a study later, look at all of the instances of compassion of Jesus in the Gospels. And the vast majority of times, Jesus shows compassion because someone is asking for it. Matthew 9, the crowds are coming to him. The disciples cry out to Jesus, show us mercy. But in this story, no appeal is made to Jesus. Nobody from the funeral procession is is asking for his, his help. Nobody runs to Jesus pleading for him to fix this awful situation. You see what Luke is saying to us, Jesus sees, Jesus had compassion, and Jesus acted. Jesus is the one who takes the initiative to care for this this poor woman. His compassion, it comes forth from his heart. It it flows out from his gracious heart. His own heart breaks when he sees the ruin of the fall and the way that that sin has twisted and, and broke the human experience in Jesus in his compassion acts. My friends, This is our Savior. This is the kind of Jesus we have in the gospel. And it's such good news because if Jesus wasn't like this, we would be a people without hope. Because what does scripture tell us? Scripture tells us no one was seeking after Christ. No one was seeking after God. No one was running to the Lord, crying out for his mercy, for his deliverance, for his salvation. But the gospel says, but God... But God in his compassion, God in his grace came to us. He came to us in the the sending of his son into this world. He came to us with the gospel message. He came to us with the Holy Spirit who opens our eyes and gives us new hearts to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, one of the things we need to understand about this story is that Jesus is revealing the character of God. Jesus is revealing the character of God in this story. I hope you understand, friends, that there, there is no unchrist likeness in the Father. Yes, there's the person, the Father, the person, the Son, the person, the Holy Spirit. But you understand in character they are one. And Jesus here reveals the heart of our Heavenly Father, a God of, a God of compassion, a God that seeks out the lost, the hopeless, those living in in utter misery. The compassion of Jesus here is a display of the compassion of God, a compassion that originates in the heart of a God of free grace. But not only is Jesus's compassion unsolicited, it's also uncomfortable. Let me explain what what I mean by that. How does Jesus begin to show his compassion in this story. You notice the first thing Jesus does is he, he breaks social customs. Have you ever noticed that? Right? 
Think of a uh, church I used to uh, attend. Uh, there, was a, there was a man who had been coming to the church for a few weeks, and his life was just a mess. I mean, he had all kinds of things going on. He needed help, and he knew it. And uh, one Sunday morning, just as the service, the morning service was coming to an end, he stood up, interrupted the pastor, don't get any ideas. He stood up, interrupted the pastor, and, and said, I want to say something to the congregation. And you can imagine what the atmosphere was like at that moment. One, because we had no idea what he was going to say. And two, because it was a total breach of custom. Now, imagine the atmosphere when Jesus breaks social customs on such a solemn occasion. He interrupts a funeral procession. He, he goes to this grieving mother and says, do not weep. Now, we want to cry out when we read that. What do you mean, Jesus, do not weep? This is a, this is a widow who is burying her only son. Weeping is entirely appropriate. It's what she ought to be doing in this situation. And just imagine, though, that this, this scenario, and maybe a modern scenario, I think maybe it'll bring it home even more to us. Hearse arriving at, at the burial site. And, and family and friends surround the burial site. Um, the mother cannot be consoled. She's weeping. She's about to bury her only son. And, and friends and family are weeping too, not, not only because of the death of this son, but at the, the sight of this poor woman. And the pallbearers bring the casket, bringing him to, to set the coffin over the burial site and lower it into the ground, and you hear, stop! Imagine the situation. Imagine the atmosphere. Who, who are you? And here comes Jesus. To interrupt this procession. Do not, do not weep. Friends, Jesus was not afraid to break social customs to show compassion. I think we make excuses when it comes to showing compassion. What will I say? It'll be awkward. How will they receive it? Uh, what, what do I do? How do I show compassion? Well, Jesus wasn't afraid to be in an uncomfortable situation to show compassion. And if we're following a Jesus of social custom, frankly, we're following the wrong Jesus. Because our Jesus breaks social customs to show love and compassion. But then he goes even further than that. I mean, if that wasn't shocking enough, Jesus not only breaks social customs, he also breaks religious customs. You see that? He, he, after speaking to the mother, he goes over to, to the beer and he places his his hand upon it. Now, why is that significant? Because if you're a Jew, you know what's going on here. For a Jew to come into contact with someone who is dead, you yourself become ceremonially unclean. So at this point, Jesus was prepared to cross these potential barriers in order to show real compassion. He was, he was willing to cross social barriers and these religious customs of the day, but he did it in order to display this glorious gospel truth, which is simply this, that the compassion of our Jesus is effective, that the compassion of our Jesus is powerful. And so we see in this story, Jesus go and touch this 
this beer and think about it for a moment. You know, we, our compassion isn't, isn't like this, is it? So often, often we really do, we really do want to help people. But we don't, we don't have the resources. We don't have the, the power to, to bring them out of their struggles. This story is here to tell us, but Jesus, Jesus can. Jesus does have the power to do that. And we see here as he touches uh, this, this man, there is a collision here between death and, and life. And for the first time in, in history, as something that is clean comes into contact with something that is unclean, that one who is clean does not become ceremonially unclean, but the uncleanliness of death is banished. And that's what Luke is saying to us. Jesus speaks then to the dead man, this corpse, and says in verse 14, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. You see, our compassionate Savior exercises his power to bring restoration. To restore things to what God intended them to be. But notice that the power of Jesus' word here is able to accomplish what it calls for. Do you see the power of of Jesus' word in in this passage? He commands a dead body to rise. He speaks to a corpse. That's, That's how powerful he is. My friends, there's a there's a major lesson lesson there for us for the church, and for us as as individuals. If this word of our Lord Jesus Christ is this powerful, what should our focus be on? As a church, in our daily lives, we need to remember that the word of God alone is living and active, that the word of God alone is able to give new life, that the word of God alone is able to transform people's lives. But did you notice another thing Luke said there? I, I, love, I love this detail of the story. What did Jesus do after raising the son? Isn't it a beautiful picture? He gives this son back to his mother. Second Adam. Restoring things to what they ought to be. It's what Jesus, because of his, his death on the cross for our sins... And his resurrection from the grave will one day fully and finally do in the lives of all who trust in him. Let me me say that again, friends, because this is what we need to take home with us today. That this story is here to tell us that this is what Jesus, because of his death and his resurrection from the dead, his conquering of sin and death and Satan will one day fully and finally do in the lives of all those who trust in him. That's what this story is saying to us. Jesus has promised a day when all who who are in the grave will hear his voice and come out. Jesus has, has promised that at the final resurrection, every child of God will be raised to everlasting resurrection life. He has promised that God will wipe away every tear from our eyes and that death shall be no more and that sin will be banished and Satan will be cast into the abyss. And on that great day, 
When Jesus calls us to himself, when Jesus brings us home, what is one of the things he is going to do? He's going to give us back to one another. He's going to restore relationships, yes, in new ways, but restore relationships that were separated and broken by the fall. He's going to put the hands of sons back into the hands of their mothers. He's going to bring full restoration. One day, Jesus is coming again and he will heal our broken hearts, our broken lives for all eternity. And we will be raised to everlasting life and, and the dead in Christ will be given back to one another and enjoy new and eternal relationships that, that will never be broken. So, so how should we, thinking about what Christ in the gospel has achieved and is doing for his people, how should we respond? Three things very, very quickly from this story. We respond with worship, witness, and compassion. When the people saw the young man rise, and as he was given back to his mother, Luke tells us they were filled with fear. Not, not the fear that in the sense they were, uh, they were scared of Jesus, but fear in the sense that they were overawed at what they had just seen. That this display of, of power, uh, this, this miracle, they were, they were scared in, in a true and in a right sense, a fear that led them to what? A fear that led them to worship and glorify God. They, they realized that Jesus was not someone to be trifled with. Uh, they realized that Jesus is not someone you or I can afford to ignore. They realized that they had cause to glorify God because what does Luke say? Because God himself had visited his people. My friends, I think the compassion of Jesus in his coming into this world to die for our sins, to set us free from sin and Satan and death, should properly lead us to fear in worship. What the Bible calls fear and reverence. God has visited us in the power and in the person of, of Jesus Christ. And this Jesus has died on the cross for our sins. He was raised again from the dead to give us hope. And now every week we gather together in reverence and awe to glorify God. And it is our greatest privilege and it ought to be our greatest delight. But, but not only is the compassion of Christ cause to glorify God and worship God, it's also cause for witness because this gift of the compassionate Savior we see here is too great to keep to ourselves. It is news that must be published. It is, it is news that must be announced to others. When the people of Nain saw what Jesus had done, what do we read here? When Jesus raised this dead son to new life, the, the news went out into the countryside, into all the region. And I think one of the things Luke wants us to understand is that the good news of Jesus Christ is so good that it's something we can't possibly keep secret. You know, frankly, brothers and sisters, at times I, I think 
that, that the really good news of the gospel has just become normal to us. We, we hear it again and again. We become accustomed to hearing how good this good news really is. Jesus, Jesus died and three days later rose again from the dead and that was the beginning of a new creation. That Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has conquered our greatest enemies, sin and Satan and death. My friends, that is incredible news. Let it, let it come over you afresh again today that Jesus has conquered sin and Satan and death. And that news should fuel our witness. It is news so good that we can't help but spread it to the ends of the earth. And we respond with worship and witness, and then finally, compassion. As followers of our compassionate Savior, we who have experienced the compassion of Christ are to be a compassionate people. Having experienced the compassion of Christ, disciples of Jesus want to reflect more and more the compassion of Christ in their lives. And that means that we don't draw back or draw away from people who are suffering, people who are hurting. Rather, we draw near. Uh, It means seeing people in pain, grieving widows, grieving parents, lonely widows, the chronically ill, and all kinds of other distresses. Anyone who is suffering, and it means we strive to enter into their situation and to show them real, deep, tangible love and mercy means in compassion we we draw near to them and and we point them to our compassionate savior who has lived for them who has died for them and who lives for them still it means we point them to a compassionate savior who is returning again one day to make all things new and so in summary what is luke saying to us today luke is saying fix your eyes on our compassionate savior And in Jesus Christ, strive to be a compassionate people. Let's pray together. Our Lord and our God, we thank you for this glorious story that gives us a window into the heart of our Savior. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your compassion. And Father, we thank you that in your compassion and mercy, you sent Jesus into this world to rescue us from sin and death and the curse. Help us, Lord, to to know the real Jesus and to follow after him. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.